1: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Good to be with you as always. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Like, subscribe if you're watching on Warchant TV. You're listening on the radio, driving around. I hope this finds you doing well. On Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew, in the house as well. And away we go on a Balls McWednesday. Time is is rapidly moving past as we get um, closer and closer to the start of the football season. It's a good feeling uh, every day we get up this week and next to to be going out to practice. Obviously, no practice today, I should say, but uh, to see these meaningful reps and our our ability to watch that and kind of give context to what's going on, is a lot of fun as it gets further on into camp and the meatier the practices get because of what's on the line. It's what makes this job great. By the way, I, on the outset here, I do want to tell you, sorry for the voice today. It's a mess. Uh, it's, it's coming in and out. I, I, thought, I was a little wor- worried this morning I wasn't going to have a voice. I, I don't know what's going on. I feel okay. Uh, a lot of us on the beat have been dealing with a little bit of a head cold type thing off and on. But it's kind of zapped my throat. So if I sound a little rough today, that's what's going on, but I feel fine. Let's begin the day before we get into FSU with the doffing of the cap and a life well-lived for Vince Scully, who passed away at the age of 94. 67 years a broadcaster. What a career. And I think safe to say, uh, unlike anybody else in the history of broadcasting, um, I think you know there are a lot of times where you, you're well aware uh, With you know, you say things like the Pantheon of great football players, baseball players, basketball players, whatever it might be. You do the same for announcers. If you're a sports fan, they're they're a big part of uh, what you listen to, and 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 whether or not you enjoy a certain styling or not. And when I was a kid growing up, you know, listening to announcers and and kind of trying to find your own voice, I think I knew early on I wanted to be a broadcaster. I wanted to cover sports at the very least. I really didn't know if that would be as a journalist uh, or an announcer, play-by-play, or whatever it would be. You know, I think every little kid wants to play professional sports. I did too. And then when you kind of realize that ain't going to happen, then any way that you can be around uh, the games, uh, you want to be. But you listen with a critical ear because um, you, you want to know more. You have this insatiable appetite to know more about how it is the guys do what they do and how they got here and, you know, and, Really, that's how we latch on to players, right? Usually their story to some degree. And Nobody told the story better than Vin Scully. Nobody told the story of this particular player, this particular game, this inning, this week, this month, this season than Vince Scully did. A natural storyteller who you got a sense uh, understood uh, how to connect those in the stands or those at home, those in the car, those listening way back when he started on a transistor radio to the players, to the action. And that through line was perfectly um, spelled, if you will, a described, set, scene set, if you will, uh, by Vince Scully's ability to naturally segue between hitters and in innings and games in a way that kind of kept the storyline running throughout a season. And I always thought that it was sing-songy. It was, you wanted Vince Scully, in a weird way, this was the ultimate compliment, to put you to sleep. And, in fact, all these years later, you know, he retired in 2016. I, I can't believe that meant, You know, six years has gone by since he retired. But, you know, when we first started to get the baseball package, and this is a testament to how great that guy is, right? I'm a lifelong diehard Pirates fan. I don't give a damn about the Dodgers. In fact, I kind of hate the Dodgers. Screw the Dodgers. But I love Vince Scully. And so when I got the baseball package, I remember the first year I got it, paid for it, I went, I can get to listen to Vin Scully when I go to bed. I was so excited about the West Coast games because if you got to about the third or fourth inning, it's bedtime for Jeff. I'd roll to the back and throw it on back there and not have to watch the game. i just put Vin on down low. I'd listen to him tell me a story. I'd fall asleep and feel a little safer. And that's just Vin Scully in a nutshell. So what a life. It's more of a celebration. I know when somebody passes, typically we're sad. But if you get to live 94 years, And at 67 of those, you get to do what you've always wanted to do. Vince Scully self-described always wanted to be a professional broadcaster, wanted to be, in particular, a baseball broadcaster. And at the young age of 22, got hired by the Brooklyn Dodgers to be just that. And nobody envisions when they break into the field of their dreams that they're going to not only get to do it for 60-plus years, But that at some point, not only will they every day not have to work because they're living the life that they've always dreamt of, but they will also ascend to a level where they would be considered, almost universally considered, the best to ever do it. Happily married forever, a bunch of kids, grandkids to boot. You'd have to really kind of search far and wide to ask yourself, who lived a better life than Vince Scully? So that's the ultimate celebration right there.
0: Yeah, actually, oddly enough, this one hit me hard today and it was it took a while probably until about after breakfast to shake it off like i was bothered and i know i mean vin is 94 he was 94 yeah, he got, yeah, it was a life well lived it's not it's not a the the worst tr- most tragic loss in the world he's he he's yeah. done it he conquered the mountain mountains that nobody else will and yeah. I, I think it was just he was always a tie to personal family history which is you know, Brooklyn, New York, and National League baseball. It's been something. It defined my youth. Mm-hmm. It defined an early bond with my dad. And he was he would go to Ebbets Field and watch the games. I mean, his first ball game, Jackie Robinson was playing, and Pee Wee awesome. Reese was playing. Yeah. And so, I sent the the video of his sign off to my dad, which I, I you know retweeted out this which morning. All time great. It's sign-off. just unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's up to the, <laughs> how, how the hell. So he's 88 at the time. Mm-hmm. I guess. How the hell at eighty eight do you nail something you know like you're in the prime of your career? I mean he did. It, it's a yeah. perfect send off, and my dad responded that he was a part of my youth, and I thought, I mean that's unbelievable. My father is seventy four years old. It's a part of his youth. Yeah, transistor radios outside of Ebbets Field in Brooklyn in the fifties. That's what he was listening to was Vince Scully. He he tied us all together, and I just hate that that tie is is broken in some way today.
1: Yeah, you live long enough, that's what happens sadly, and it's odd because when it does, even if you're expecting it, it still it stings a little. You're like, "Ah, oh, that's irrevocably broken now. It's over." You know, that but 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 the memories aren't, and that's what sure. matters. And and I think again that for him, what I would say as somebody who loves broadcasting, uh to be able to transition. You brought up transistor radios, uh My man began at an era where people did indeed walk around with transistor radios, sneak him into school. My stepdad, who also is from just outside of Brooklyn and grew up going to Brooklyn Dodgers games, um, said he would sneak the transistor radio into school to listen. So that was how people consumed baseball for a very, very long time. The thing that's just so
0: powerful about it is I know that voice and I get that it ages. But but his voice is very similar over the decades. Oh yeah, very similar. And and so I can hear the soundtrack of my my old man playing stickball in the streets of Brooklyn. <laughs> I know what the soundtrack was. Yeah. Because I heard it. Because it's the same soundtrack that when I was in college and I got the MLB package. Yeah.
1: Isn't that cool? It's spooky. Well, it's just cool. But the technology came that far, though. That's where you celebrate, you know, things that it developed over time and entered into our lives, uh, you know, in a way that. Allows you to have more access to the past and, and to people of the past who, who were carved from a different era, if you will, and influenced by different things. Speaking of which, uh, Matthew and I were talking just before the show began. Vince Scully called games started by Preacher Rowe and Julio Urias, born 80 years apart. First of all, the guy's name is Preacher Rowe. Oh, my God. Of course he was. Vince Scully's first season as a broadcaster was Connie Mack's last as a manager, 1950. Connie Mack was born during the Civil War. That's a fact. (laughs) He's down on the field talking to a guy who was born in the midst of the Civil War. That is um, pretty remarkable. And I love those kinds of nuggets that you get when a guy has a career that goes sixty-seven spans 67 years. Um, I like that today, a lot of today, on the National Sports Talk Show's ESPN, the network, wherever you, whatever you're listening to, SiriusXM, listening to us. Um, the bottom line is today, a lot of people obviously are paying tribute, but it's it they're doing so by going back and playing signature calls from all of the decades that he worked. And one of the things that I would think, and I I hope he knew this, I think he did, but the reaction you have to hearing whether it's Montana to Clark and the catch right I mean people forget he's on the call for that whether it's your 86 Mets I was at a birthday party when that happened and stunned as I watched the it roller up along first yeah, yeah. and it gets through Buckner
0: in the bag
1: <laughs> but I was watching when that happened what happens today when you hear all of these calls is just a smile creeps across your face and that is the ultimate testament to somebody's life, right? That when they hear you, and he's a broadcaster, so it's important that that would be the thing, they hear you, they smile. And I was telling Matthew earlier one other thing, and, and we'll move on, but I, there are very few moments in my lifetime in which the actual event, so the play or the game, the signature moment of a career, whatever it might be, gets, I, I, I think replayed in my mind along with the call so most calls aren't significant enough to earn their way into that memory just the play is but vince scully must have 10 to 12 of those where if i see the play i hear vince scully the lone exception that maybe tops most of those is al michaels in 1980 lake placid winning right, the gold right, medal, or yeah. excuse me, beating the Russians. You hear that before you see the video in it's, your mind. It's or, an incredible yeah. call. It's a perfect call. He nailed it. He, And it wasn't planned, and he admits that all these years later. he, I saw an interview with him, and he said, I got lucky. I, yeah. I, but you can hear in his voice the collective thought of Americans watching yeah. that particular game. Because as the game went on, you really didn't allow yourself to believe that we were going to beat the Russians, the same Russians that had vanquished us by ten goals whatever a month earlier, right? So in an exhibition game. So to to have the reality and clock the clock you know counting down and you're going, is, is this are they going this isn't gonna happen. There's no way, you know, so for him to proclaim do you believe in miracles, yes. That that really was the exalt of a country, right?
0: Joe Buck with Randy Moss. No that is, <laughs> that is disgusting act. No.
1: no? No, not too many. Not too many, right? But most of them are Vince Scully.
0: You
1: know, that that's that, you know, I can, I can still remember Gibson's home run, and if somebody wrote that in a script, you'd go, this is stupid. This, this, oh, this guy's going to limp out of the dugout. He can't walk, but he's going to hit a home run. And not only did he nail it, he, it's perfect.
0: And then he lets it go.
1: Oh, yeah. But, I mean, when you get into... Uh,
0: How many current broadcasters will let that moment breathe for a minute?
1: Well, 7.15, he did, you know, obviously he's on the call for Hank's 7.15, and he lets it breathe. He stands up and walks away from the mic. After he announces what's occurred, he doesn't need to talk. He needs you to hear what it's like in the building. The place is going berserk, and he allows for natural sound for 30-something seconds. Now, that is something that obviously is not done all that often these days when you consider the race to say something witty.
0: Uh, I'm sure Michael k if Aaron judge <laughs> hits 65 or whatever before the 154 game plateau he'll let it breathe right yeah,
1: right so it's 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 very cool very cool and I when I saw that this morning I just thought I, I didn't get sad I understood that moment of melancholy that everybody feels when you find out that somebody's no longer amongst us but I thought wow that's pretty incredible life and, and then the more I thought about it I thought, I don't know that anybody had a better life, maybe equal to, but I don't know better. Like if, if you tell the 13 year old you, Hey man, in less than 10 years, you're going to be doing the thing you've always dreamt of doing and you're going to become the very best to ever do it. And you're going to get to do it for over 60 years. Oh, by the way, you're going to meet and fall in love with a lovely lady, and she's going to be the love of your life till you die, and you're going to have a lot of kids and grandkids, and really nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. <laughs> you're going, okay? I'm signing up, because it just doesn't happen. But it did, and it was Vince Coley. So rest in peace, Vince Coley, and uh, that is a career to say the least. But that's a well-lived life. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three. just tune inside. Tune All right, Good Balls McWednesday to you guys. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, real quick reminder, some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around. Safety's their top priority, but they don't always have your best interest at heart. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction, believe in doing things the right way and the safe way. Employees undergo regular safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials, like becoming a master metal applicator. Yeah you considered a new metal roof before, you should. You should. Long-lasting, durable. You're in luck. T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town at doing that sort of work, period. Call them today, 766-1340, 766-1340, or you can visit them online, tsparkconstruction.com. Doesn't <clears throat> that sound good? There you go. That's a hearty. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Spicy on a Wednesday.
1: I don't know what the deal. It's gotten worse by the hour. I've got to hang in here till 3. Hopefully it'll happen. Uh, I'm, I know it's a, it's a good camp when I'm disappointed we didn't have to go today. I wasn't. I was okay <laughs> I was okay with the morning. Yeah, no, I like having to do nothing in the morning as well or to do something at my pace.
0: It's Well, it's catching up on other stuff. Yeah, it's I, that I, time of year.
1: Yeah. But I kind of missed being out there. Listen, to me, admittedly, now it's a lot easier to do when you have some expectations. If you're if you're going out to watch a team that you think stinks, uh, this next thing that I'm going to say doesn't really matter. It 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 clouds your vision for all other things. But I don't think they stink. So to me, it reminds me how much, especially in the morning. I love uh, the smell of fresh cut grass and the sounds of pads hitting. I love I love that. Uh, just hearing that as I walk before I turn the corner when I'm by the sod cemetery before i you know before i get around that turn and i can hear the war chant and i hear the whistles sometimes i'm like it's 5 minutes after where they they've already stretched they've already done all the stuff i don't care to see which is like them stretching
0: um they're frolicking a lot yeah alive. i don't
1: care about all that <laughs> when they're done with that and i hear the coaches begin to yell and then i hear the sound of the sled or a pad hit i'm like yeah this is it this is this is good sound right here. It does. It takes me back all the way to playing, like, peewee football. I, I remember um, we had, before the season started, we occasionally had morning practices. And then once the season started, you had practice in the afternoon, late afternoons. But in two-a-days, back when we used to do two-a-days, um, I hated evening practices, loved morning practices. Most people are the opposite. Most people are like, well, are you crazy? No, I, lo- I loved morning practices because of the smells. And the dew brought something out. I it, love does. It. it does. It yep, does. It was yep. awesome.
0: It's like salt to a meal.
1: It's just, yeah, it livens things up. And a uh, very good analogy, Tom. I, I agree. And when I walk out there and I hear that and I smell that, I think, yes, yes, yes. But a big part of that enthusiasm isn't just the picture being painted there and the sights and sounds and smells. But they do have some good players now. And I get excited to watch Zaire Thomas cover somebody. Like I, 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 like watching that kid play football because he's good at it. <laughs> it's fun to watch sort of the uh, ways in which he effortlessly drapes receivers and sometimes runs the route for them. Uh, I also love watching Bethune, uh, Tatum Bethune, play. He, he is that kind of fun to watch play the position of linebacker because he's so instinctive, very instinctive. We haven't had a instinctive linebacker in a minute. A guy who kind of just flows with the play before knowing now, and when and he when closes, he, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a little something to it. <laughs> yes, there's a little something to it. So that is that brings joy to my heart. Uh, I think that um, you know watching Trey Benson run a football and get out wide on on a you know outside zone, and watching him get to the corner and 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 all of a sudden a guy that big who your, your eyes are telling you, signaling to you that your brain's saying, he can't get, whoa, he's got the corner.
0: And he knows, kind of like what you're talking about with Bethune, when it's when it's time to go. He can wait because he knows he's got that 0-60. to 60. That's the thing that I've learned more so now than just in spring, which is, oh, all right. So there have been a couple of runs where he's kind of pressing and waiting at the line of scrimmage yeah, for something to yeah. develop. He presses he knows- well, that's smart and then it's go time zero to 60 Mm -hmm. because he knows he can lean on that. He surprised himself, too. He told us last week that I'm faster than I've ever been, and I'm a little bit shocked by how fast I am.
1: That's good news for us. I'm going to tell my kids that. You know, I was jogging today, kids, and I was stunned at how damn fast I was. I mean, I I think there's people in the neighborhood thinking, that guy's 50, what? What?
0: Well, all you need to do, you just got to injure yourself because then (laughs) it'll repair you and
1: you'll be the bionic man. Yeah, yeah. well, I've had two arthroscopic knee surgeries and a reconstructive foot surgery, so I'm kind of put together in that way.
0: Well, here's a put-together question from Mm. Briley, and he asks, okay, we've heard preseason hype before. Why is this different? I shortened it to a lot fewer words, but why is this time different?
1: Edit yourself, Briley. Let's get it together. (laughs) Um, It's different because they have better players. That's the short answer. It's different because they have better players. Uh, There were times where maybe a singular player here or there was something to get excited about. But in the last few years, they haven't had much in the way of a segment group across the board that you would say, that segment is good. You can do that this year. You can look at more than one. You can look at the back end of this defense. You can look at the, the the. safeties and corners, and say, I think they're pretty good. And I actually think the stunning thing for me to sit here and say is that they're they're at least average, maybe above average. Now, that's crazy when you consider what I'm about to say on the offensive line. Yeah. They're I, average. They're average. I think it's average. Yeah, they may yep. not be much above average, but they're average. And when they were butt-ass sorry, as I right, called them, right. I said we got to go from butt-ass sorry to just ass-sorry to just sorry to decent to average. We've gotten to average. Yeah, I think the interior
0: has a chance to be above average, squarely above average, especially when you're talking about ACC competition. Mm -hmm. What they're going up against every day, they're doing all right, because that's a lot to deal with. Tackles? Need to see a little bit more from the tackles. Yeah, I don't love
1: the tackles. That's what brings them down to average, is that I don't love— Again— if we're using the standard around here of what we've seen the last four years on the offensive line, they're immensely improved and they're deeper. And they're now, even
0: better at tackle too, by the standard of the yeah. last three or four years. Now,
1: if you're comparing them to the best offensive lines in this league, even just this league, no, they're not as good. Um, but, but again, I don't think they're an unmitigated disaster by any stretch. And I think we've, uh, I think we've seen this team have some answers to problems that have plagued them for several years. Now, they have a lot of work to do to get to where we want them to go. I mean, I like you guys, I want Florida State to be in a position to compete for national championships. They're not anywhere close to competing for a national championship. You can't do that if you can't win the Atlantic. And I don't think they can win the Atlantic. So, They've got a long way to go, but that doesn't keep me from saying to you they're better. And that has me excited and they have a chance to win games against teams that are obviously, um, you know, equivalent. Whereas before, when you, you can have a team that you say on paper is the equivalent of Florida state. And I would tell you in years past, well, the other one that is supposedly they're equal is going to win because we can't block. So that, that was the problem right now. I think we can look at those games and say, all right, you should win more of those than you lose. And if you're well-coached, you will. And if you're not, you won't.
0: What's interesting is, for me, I don't like to draw a lot of conclusions this early in camp. Usually we don't even get to see it with other coaches, so you can't draw conclusions. You're just waiting for games because you don't get the access except for stretches and walkthroughs, and you're just assessing size and strength at that point more than anything else. But last week to this week, I've already fundamentally changed my opinion about the future. And that is specific to the interior of the offensive line. I remember we were talking last week and I said, here's the problem. You better win now because I don't know who your quarterback's going to be necessarily next year. There's a lot of chatter around is Jordan going to return for another year or is this the one where he's trying to maximize what he is before he gets too old. And then if you mirror or you uh, combine that new quarterback with a lack of an interior of the offensive line, it's gutted. If you start three transfers this year, Lyles wins that job. They're all gone. I'm already seeing solutions for next year. In the interior of the, of the oh, offensive well, line.
1: Well, will start next year for sure. Kaniah
0: Charlton is having a nice early part of camp. He's yeah. not running for any job right now, a starting job right yeah. now, but I've already seen enough growth from spring to fall.
1: Yeah, he's gotten better.
0: Okay, and Maurice Smith has three years left, including this one. Keep eating, Maurice. That's right, you keep eating. Maybe next year he'll at 292 by fall camp. But still, you have solutions now on the interior of the offensive line. I feel good about the interior of the defensive line. The closest positions to the ball on both sides of the football, I feel good about for the next two to three yeah.
1: years. Yeah. Uh, Briggs is going to have a big year. Coop's going to have a big year. Fabian Lovett is going to go make Farmer's himself. Farmer's going to have a nice year, I yeah. think. Yeah, they, they, Malcolm Ray showed up yesterday. It was it's good to first see. First time. It's been a minute. Uh, I was like, getting worried about him. Me uh, too, because he had a great spring. He did. He hadn't done a damn thing until yesterday. But see, they put on the pads yesterday. So this is what brings it out of people. Uh, willy-nilly out here in T-shirts and stuff. Anybody can look good. I need you to be able to hit a joker. Um, when you when you get your pads on, what are we doing? Some guys don't like that. The other
0: thing I'd say too, and this is just for long term, but Tafasi doesn't look completely out of place, and this is his first camp. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that's reclassified. He's probably not going to be able to play this year. I am no, pretty sure not. he can't play, he can't this, play this year. This year no. But he was reclassified to this previous year's recruiting class that also included Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons, who are good players. Tafassi, every once in a while, I'm like, who the hell is that? Because his name is not on the back of the jersey. It's, it's 55.
1: Yeah. Like, who? Oh, wait a minute. I did that yesterday twice. I was like, who's 55? That's a good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be you? fine in the
0: interior of the defensive line for sure for the next few years.
1: Yeah. So I think, again, you know, I, I try to strike this balance. I don't always succeed, but I try to strike this balance of enthusiasm for the fact that they're better and they have some answers that they didn't have a year ago with being pragmatic and being a realist i'm very much a realist and i'm they've got some areas that i don't like i mean I, I just i don't love the receiving core i haven't in a long time i'm tired of saying it i still don't love it they've got a long ways to go at the position they've got more answers than they had a year ago but that's still not saying much cuz that was the worst receiving core in the acc last year so you better be better than worst <laughs> than the worst right and they are but If you run the ball consistently well, you can be pretty damn average at receiver and still have a semblance of a decent passing game because you can set it up. You can set it up. And I do think they're going to be able to run the ball. I really do. Um, And and that's one of the reasons that Jordan Travis is most assuredly going to be the starter. If it were based purely on who throws the ball better, well, he would lose because Tate Rodemaker throws it better, a lot better. And I think that Tate would start if we had good receivers and you could trust that they could block it up right i don't know that we have the kind of receivers that are going to have the you know uh, the impact you would need to have just a drop back passer back there I, I we don't have that
0: well and he's more than a drop back passer frankly i think he's more accurate when he rolls out but that's maybe but he
1: can move but that's not the strength and that's of his an old
0: scout report from spring so you know yeah. that's nothing new
1: right no and he throws the ball well though and He's also—he sees it better. He does. Uh, what, what happens when you do that, though? And I brought this up yesterday on headlines, and people hear it, and they get you know a little twitchy. If you say that, then they're like, well, Jordan sucks then. Because their immediate thought about Tate is that he sucks. And if you're telling people that Tate is a better quarterback in certain aspects of the game than the other guy— Then they get really nervous because they're like, wait wait a minute, that guy sucks, so this suck has to be spread over here to this guy who is going to be starting. And I would say, no, 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 they're just very different, and for this team, Jordan is ideal because he has a very unique skill set. There aren't too many people to ever play the position who can run the ball the way he does, and that opens up the rest of the running game for us. And because again, we've been substandard on the offensive line and substandard at wide receiver, you need that ability to get the hell out of the way. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have real faults, he does. And Tate has had real problems, too. When he's been given the chance, Tate has played poorly. That's why
0: fans think he sucks. Well, and that's the other thing I'd say. Even with one drive, it's one drive in practice. Like, it was a nice drive, but, I mean, I I think we're going a little overboard here because everybody knows that Jordan is the starter. So, again, I'm I'm always going to couch this so FSU doesn't get pissed at us. Everybody knows Jordan's the starter. So, you can suppose and uh, assume that maybe Jordan sees a better defensive line every snap than Tate would in in a setting. You know, that's the thing, like, the players that Tate is going against might not always be as good as the players that Jordan is going well, against
1: Well, and the players that are blocking for Tate aren't always as good as the ones that are blocking for Jordan.
0: Ah, but markedly better than they've ever been.
1: For the first time, and look what's happened. He got a drive like yesterday with the second team. Whoop, 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 right down the field without a problem, because he sees it, and he's not afraid to let it go down the seam. So, I, I just, they both have flaws. Jordan is a much better suited quarterback for what we have or don't have, however you want to describe it. He does some things exceptionally well that are electrifying that Tate can't do. Tate throws a better ball. I just think that's, that's true. Yeah. I just think that's just fair to now, say Now, If it's that's a not... zone if it's
0: a zone read, you are um if you're a defensive coordinator, you're scared, you know, crapless with Jordan. If it's a zone read and Tate's got the ball, you're like, well, whatever, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Correct. See what happens. Yeah. And he's more athletic than you'll give him credit for if you're if you're not studying your tape on Tate Rodemaker, and he might burn you for twelve yards. But for Jordan, it could be 60. Hey, he's gone. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we've seen him make house calls from great distances, Tom. <laughs> it's like BJ Daniels. Extreme the ball. distances.
0: <laughs> he runs the ball extreme distances.
1: <laughs> oh man. Jeff Cameron Show, 93 3. Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. So they're back at it tomorrow. No practice today, as I alluded to earlier. But they're back and uh, getting after it tomorrow. Looking forward to that. They scrimmage this weekend. We won't be able to see the scrimmage Saturday. But I'm looking forward, very much looking forward, to uh, hearing the coaches talk about this team after said scrimmage. One thing to point out, it got brought up yesterday when we were on headlines, but I haven't mentioned it here. I thought it was a telling comment yesterday when Mike Norvell talked about the day off, which is today, and what they would be doing, which is uh, studying the film a little closer of this little over a week's worth of practices. And he was trying to avoid, say, saying, saying making changes to the depth chart. But that's what he said. Maybe move some guys so that they're in a different position, better position as we get set to go into the scrimmage. That's a code for some guys have earned their way up the ladder. Some guys maybe deserve to be on the depth chart in a way in a place that they weren't before. So, yeah, I think they're going to reaffirm some of their thoughts on what they've seen with their own eyes by studying film today. And if that means a guy like Estes gets elevated, let's say. I'm just using him as an example. He probably won't. I don't know. But you would look at something like that, or you'd look at the performance of... um, Marciston Douglas and how well he's played. Yep. Maybe he's he's your starting tight end now because Cam's been in a boot, which we know and it's been talked about, so I'm not spilling the beans there. Uh, but I don't know that Marciston wouldn't be your starting tight end anyhow. I mean he's in, in one in a you know, in that set. He's um He's looking good. He's lost weight. He's playing faster, and he's a big dude. Uh, he can catch. Okay.
0: Yesterday was a good day for him, Yeah, I was really. happy to see it because it was on the heels of seeing some flashes of stuff. I put this in the observations that you can find on Warchant.com for just a damn dollar. Go to Warchant.com and click that a green box. Fuck! Buck! He, I can't tell you. I, Tom, real quick. Oh, there it
1: is. It may not be there very long. We don't know. We don't even hit the button. It just activates on its own. There it is. They hear me go, a Buck! And it just pops up. So the thing of that, Tom, uh, WarChant.com on three, $1 for one year. All Florida State fans can sign up for just a buck. Uh, I don't know how long that offer's going to last.
0: Join the thousands who have taken advantage of this particular. That is particular correct. Specific. But I'm
1: just, I'm just letting you know, like, they could pull that offer any second. Now, I'm not trying to – they could. They could just say, nope, it's gone. That's it, you slow asses. They could. But
0: Yeah, and Tate could be the starter for LSU. You
1: got the, you got the guy. You got, you got, now's the time. Get off your ass and make it happen. There you
0: go. Marquiston had won a couple of 7-on-7 seven seven battles on Sunday, I think it was, <laughs> where, oh,
1: all right, he's creating some space
0: for himself. He's spreading his wings. He knows how to run a route and use the size to an advantage. That's what you got to do at tight end. It's a very, it's amazing. P.I. is called less in those situations because you're dealing with larger bodies. Think about Gronk or Kelsey or whoever in the, in the pros, Antonio Gates. People used to drape all over Antonio Gates, but, but it didn't matter. But that's not who Marcus
1: huge... and Douglas is being compared no,
0: to. No, 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 no. All I'm I'm giving you examples that <laughs> right. are easy to go in your brain and find yeah. of,
1: yeah, you know, they do let a lot of
0: contact go. With the tight end, yeah. For, uh, when you're vying for a football at that position and with the guy who's covering that position, he's starting to learn those nuances of how to play a little bit more physically. But then yesterday was just an all-around good day. Didn't matter what you were talking about. For Marquise, and he did it well, so... Okay,
1: that's a sign of life. Well, Very much so. And uh, I was happy for him as well. You want players who have worked hard to get themselves in the best shape possible. And uh, this offseason is, is an arduous one, but you need guys to take that kind of work seriously. And he clearly has. So I want those guys to be rewarded. Uh, I want players who worked on their craft and their body in the off season to be rewarded.
0: Also, the timing of it is good because now if you're the guy who gets demoted, you're pissed off going into the scrimmage on Saturday. Right. So if that were to happen and you were to shuffle some things around and you got reps taken away from you, better reps taken away from you on a Thursday, you're going to be pissed off on Saturday. That's a great button to push if you're a coaching staff.
1: Cubby Knoll just tweeted at me and it made me laugh. He asked if this looks about right and he's got the years down and he wrote 2018 to 2019, butt ass sorry. 2020, ass sorry. 2021, sorry. 2022, average question mark. Looks good, Covino. Looks good. I hope it is indeed average. Can it be? Can it be average? I think so. I think so, guys.
0: Depending upon what we're looking at, yeah. Ooh. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, I know that's like a uh, uh, Yogi Berra ism, yeah. but we've been fooled by relative competition laws. You know, you're only playing yourself every day. So, are we overvaluing a position that they're going against? Well, the good news is for the wait. Wait, yeah, yeah, no. yeah for The yeah, good yeah. news is for the interior of the offensive line. You have got a pretty good handle that there's good competition for these guards and centers to go against, and that they're holding their own is a really good sign. Defensive end, I'm still. I think it's good. I think it's good, but I don't know it's good. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I think the defensive interior is really good. Uh, like on any level that we're looking at, correct? I think they are. So if you're holding your own, if you're one of those guys, guard, center, guard, holding your own against any of those guys, you've had a good day because those are good players. And they're deep. That's a deep position. So, yeah, you're right. Tackle, we don't know how good McClendon's going to be, Briggs is going to be. We like Briggs a lot. He's multidimensional. Uh, I, I've come around more on verse, by the way.
0: He's uh, shown signs of being strong as well really as strong. laden with finesse moves. That's an important thing.
1: You got to be able to do multiple things well. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how well he stops the run. I don't know if he's a complete defensive end yet. But he's strong enough. He bullies some guys. I mean, he's capable of it. And that is, you're right. I wouldn't have thought with his build. I know he's built, but he's still leanish for a defensive end. Uh, I wouldn't have thought with his build that he'd be able to move guys the way that he does with his hands. He, he moves guys quickly. That punch is really good.
0: Also, there's a difference from the spring. Mm-hmm. He hit it hard in the summer workouts.
1: Well, he said he would. I mean, when I interviewed him uh, for TV and WarChant.com, he was... I mean, the one thing he certainly did was assure everybody that, you're, you know, if he if he doesn't succeed, it won't be for a lack of trying. He likes to work. He's a fan of the grind. He cares deeply about getting everything out of his abilities. And you can hear when guys say it because they know they're supposed to, but you're not sure that they believe it. And then you can hear the guys when they say it. You can tell he's about that life. That is him. That dude loves to work.
0: It's also the beauty of the transfer portal. I'm not saying that we need to live off it every year. That's not the goal. But I love kids that come out of the portal because they've all got something to prove. Yeah, a little chip usually. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Of all the kids run through the Rolodex, all the positions that we've had guys come in here from the portal, ninety-five percent of them. I mean, maybe all but one or two are just—they've got the chip on their shoulder because they know this is either their last chance or it's the first chance they've ever had—an honest one. I love that about what it does for yeah, the culture of a team. Yeah, last or first,
1: right? Last or first. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously, they have to continue to live there. Uh, The portal has saved Mike Norvell's uh, life in some situations here, obviously from a football standpoint. They, They were up a creek last year without Jermaine Johnson. They were already bad. But if you don't have Jermaine Johnson, how many games do you win? Two? Three? I mean, it was already a bad year. But what do you win without Jermaine Johnson? Like, the fans... We latched on to Jermaine as the, the one reason to go and get excited at games.
0: Well, I mean, just look across the line on offense. It's hilarious. They start out wide, left at receiver, and it doesn't matter who's lining up left. I'm not trying to give away, you know. But it, it could be Pittman on the outside. Transfer. Mm-hmm. Left tackle. Robert Scott. All right, he's from around here. Left guard, Dylan Gibbons. Transfer. Could be that Cade Lyles wins the center job. Transfer. Demetri Emmanuel, Bless Harris. Maybe Trans- on the other transfer. side. Johnny Wilson or Winston Wright. Jordan Travis technically is a transfer mm-hmm. at running back. Trey Benson transfer. I mean, my yeah. God, sir. Yeah, you got
1: Cam McDonald, Robert Scott, Maurice Smith, and that's about it right now. And I'm trying to get transfers. Trey Sean. I'm trying to get transfers over any tight end that we have currently. So we got to get we got to hit on that. <laughs> we need to get a transfer at some here. are like, all right. Although Powers looks good and he's young, we'll see next year probably take a big. You step. like the raw tools? I do still? like the raw tools yeah. still. Yeah, he's swimming right now. I mean, he cool. wasn't here in the spring, so you you didn't see him. I think any kid that just arrived here in his first camp and you know he's straight out of high school, you you you're not going to see a lot of especially at that position. But he does have the body type. I mean, he's he's every bit that two forty five, and uh, I think he's athletic enough. He's long, long armed. Um, yeah, I like his tools. I think he'll be all right. And
0: if Brian Courtney puts on some weight in the next year, a lot of weight. But he's got the hard part down for us. Yeah, he's got ability. Because we don't have a lot of that ability. We, we got a lot of dudes who might have size,
1: but not the ability. <laughs> so he's got the hard part down. So this should be a year where, when it's over, if we go eight and four, let's just say, like, wishful thing. Let's say we go eight and four. Be, because that year would solidify that Mike was going to be here for the next couple, then you might have a chance to make some upgrades at certain positions, meaning the coaches that are there. And if that happened, then maybe you will get some people in those areas of need that we can't seem to win over transfer portal guys for or the ones we do aren't quite the caliber that we need. Or
0: you get a couple of transfers from that coach's previous institution. Mm. It's happened before. We could use it.
1: What do you think Johnny Wilson's camp up to now?
0: What do I think is what's up to now? What, what do you think
1: of his camp up to oh, now? Oh, his camp. Um pretty I think it's decent. Decent, I, I, but but fairly lifeless until yesterday. <laughs> this is a leading question. Uh, I just said fairly <laughs> lifeless until yesterday. Yeah, I, 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 thought it fair... was, I thought it
0: I thought it was okay. I don't know about lifeless, because that sounds like he's, you know, not doing anything. Uh, I thought it was okay until yesterday, and yesterday was probably the third or fourth time since spring where I go, mm hmm. That's why. That's why he's here.
1: First time in fall camp, though. Yeah, more days, more days like that. And then I think, if by chance uh, Williamson's going to continue to play well like he did yesterday, then you might have the surprise candidate that I've been begging for. That
0: was a good day. What a good
1: day! What a good day, young man.
0: He bailed out uh, the great Tate Rodemaker on one play too.
1: Oh, you're going to have you know now you're pushing (laughs) back on Tate. (laughs) Tate was your hero, and now you're pushing back on him. I'm just saying it's one drive because we but never. I hold see- the I
0: hold the rotamaker the Maker, to a different standard. He has he has to do more than one drive to become the maker. It's not there
1: yet. I'm just telling you. But Darian went that up. That was like, your ride and die guy, and now all of a sudden so, it's from the Latin for the correct shoulder every time. Yes, and I'm telling you, it's also the only time
0: I, I, because I love the rotamaker <laughs> the rotamaker. I'm I'm uh-huh. a little bit more harsh on the Maker.
1: Yeah, that's the one guy that you, you utilize Tough Love Cameron for, I guess. But I just – I mean, come on, man. Um, I'm just letting you know that I, I – if he has another – it's not going to happen. I don't want to give people the wrong idea. Right, because there was the one day in spring practice that we
0: lauded, and then it was – that was the last time we did that until yesterday for, for Tate.
1: Yeah, he's inconsistent. I mean, he's got to be more consistent. I hope yesterday was the start of that. Um then I mean, you know what you would, what you want, even though we all know, ninety nine percent likely that Jordan's going to start. What you want is is for there to be a question mark.
0: You want a fiery debate. You when want fiery, yeah, That's yeah. what you want. Yeah, sure.
1: And as a coach, that's what you want.
0: I'm not there though. Oh, it almost no, felt no, like no, yesterday. No. Like
1: Ooh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not at. Ooh, wait a minute, time. No, yet no, for no, 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 not even close. I don't know that we can get there. I don't care how many days in a row he does that. I don't know that we can ever get there because, again, I don't know what translates in a game just yet because, of again, some of this is going to be about how much we're better. How much better are we on the offensive line? We're better. How much better? LSU will tell us that. Duquesne won't. Yeah, yeah. LSU will tell us that. And it's, you know what? Remember this, when we're
0: average to maybe slightly above average on the offensive line. It's okay to lose a series. It's gonna happen. Just don't lose four in a row. Yeah. I just don't I don't want anybody to think, oh, now that we're average, we're gonna start winning every drive. Like, that's not how that
1: works. When you're average, you still lose a lot of drives. Preston writes, Jeff's gonna start the I hate Johnny Wilson podcast with co-host Micah Pittman. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're friends. Uh, Who knows, I guess. I, I, I don't hate Johnny Wilson. I need him to perform really well this year and consistently. And yesterday was his first good day of fall camp.